0: Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you work anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today's topic is well, it's about the podcast. Let's get started. Here we are at episode 200. That's a lot of
1: episodes. Kind of impressed. Even at uh, what, 20 minutes ish is our target, right? 20 minutes per episode. I did the math because I was curious. It's almost three days of continuously listening to content. If you want to, if you want to binge listen, (laughs) it's going to take you almost three
0: days and a lot more than three continuous days of work to, to publish 200.
1: So we're either crazy persistent or, or, you know, just kind of (laughs) nuts.
0: Yeah. I like that. We're, we're fans of round numbers and, and we've chosen chosen 200 to, to talk a little bit about the podcast. Could have, could have picked any number, but decided to pick a nice round one. People love round numbers. Before we dive into this, let's say thanks again.
1: I want to say thanks to Dayton Family of Afford for a five-star review that says, if you perform work with or for the government or are curious as to what it would entail, you should listen to this podcast because your competition is. Interesting hosts and guests with real insight. And speaking of round numbers, it says, stay tuned for the upcoming and special bicentennial episode, speaking of you know, the 200th where they're going to read the entire FAR in a single recording. <laughs> so we thought that was
0: a great idea. Yeah, so here we go.
1: FAR part one. <laughs> Made me laugh out loud when I read that five-star review, so thanks for that.
0: Thank you, Dayton Family of Four, for for making us laugh and uh, and for for adding, adding some humor to it. We do try to limit the FAR reading. We always end up with FAR time because that's what contracting is all about, right? It's all about the FAR. It all revolves around it some way. We try to limit the, the, the boring FAR stuff as much as possible and get, get to the more actionable what-do-you-do-about-it stuff.
1: we got to make sure we're talking about how to apply the FAR.
0: Reading It's one thing, but you got to be able <laughs> to apply it. That's kind of the whole point. So here we go with our bicentennial. Let's start with, with where we've been, where we came from. We started the podcast to help people like, like us. It all goes back to a conference we attended. You were actually speaking at it, I think, Kevin. And uh, yeah. afterwards, we were sitting in the bar at a high-top table, me, you, and an, another friend, talking about contracting things. We we had been with the government for a long time, and in the last couple of years, we had both left the government and moved over to the industry side. And we both had this this eye-opening, why didn't anybody explain this to us kind of moment. So we were going back and forth talking about what what I wish I knew when I was a government CO that I know now that I'm experiencing it from the industry side.
1: And likewise, the things that we wish industry knew.
0: Yeah, it's like there was a a door between the two. And even though we're far from the first guys to leave the government side and go work for industry, there didn't seem to be anything getting back through that door. Not a lot of context shared about what the other side goes through. So our our friend at the table said something like, what did he say? Something
1: like, this is interesting to listen
0: to. I could listen to this at a conference,
1: as in we should be speaking together, which we did at the next year. And <laughs> we started doing doing the presentations together, and then that evolved into yeah. we got to document this.
0: The light bulb came on. The light bulb
1: came on for me when I realized instead of explaining one concept to a thousand different people one at a time, we could address some of these concepts once and share them with a thousand people. And really to document and scale what we knew, what we thought we knew, and what we were learning through being on this side now.
0: So we focused on showing the contracting officer's viewpoint and evolved that more to showing the government's viewpoint and how it compared or differed from industry viewpoint on the same things, plus sharing our experiences and our guests' others' experiences of what worked and what didn't as we've gone through our careers. We often say it, it takes a long time to grow a contracting officer or a contracts person on either side. It's a huge, huge industry. There's so many different nuances to it that nobody can experience them all. So it takes, it takes a lot of reps. It takes time to gain enough experience to be able to apply that in a way that's that's helpful. What we hoped was that the podcast would help share those experiences more quickly So so you get some free reps by listening to other people's experiences.
1: What's that saying is that a that a smart person learns from their mistakes, a genius learns from other people's <laughs>
0: mistakes. Right. There you go. So we're trying to create lots of geniuses. Because <laughs> we're sure as heck not geniuses. Yeah, I was just going to say that. E- even after all these years, I've fallen far short of, of genius level. What the podcast turned into is... Those things that we, that we set out to,
1: to make it into, so it worked out well, but it also... It's become a platform to connect with people across government contracting and industry. And and it's become a great interview platform. It's been really interesting getting the perspective of industry and government folks. We've interviewed other active contracting officers. We've interviewed contractors. We've interviewed small businesses and large. And for me, it's been a, a delightfully challenging project. It pushes us to get better. It's one of those things that you don't realize how hard it is to do a podcast well or to interview well, or to keep content to 20 minutes when you could speak for eight hours on it. it. It's been a great challenge, but it's also, there's no blueprint for doing a government contracting podcast by two former CEOs, So we're kind of finding our path as we go, which is why it's been so much
0: fun for me. Yeah, it's really provided a way to, to challenge our own biases and our own viewpoints on, on things. We challenge each other. We've, we always have challenged each other. I don't know whether that's a personal or professional thing, but uh, as as we've talked to other people and interviewed other people, it's really become interesting to, to watch, I think, our own views on the business evolve. Yeah. And good to share it.
1: Interactiveness, this is actually something I didn't see coming.
0: Let's talk about where we are now. So we're at episode 200, which is a nice round number, like I said, so a good place to stop and celebrate a little. Bicentennial episode, we'll call it. In two hundred episodes, we've had over three hundred and fifty thousand downloads, and we're still adding new listeners every week right now, we average about three thousand listens a week, which is a whole lot that's more more than I ever expected, probably not more than you ever expected because you always have have higher expectations of these things but but i was the, I was the skeptic why would why would anybody listen to this thing
1: well and I remember in i think it was episode like I don't know, six or seven, we were like, yeah, we had 3,000 downloads total, total. Right. (laughs) And now it's 3,000 a week. You know, that was also four years ago. And thanks to a lot of feedback and interaction, we we learned a lot about our listeners. Uh, We did a survey back in 2017. There'll be a new one coming out at the end of 2018. And and we found out that 31% of the listeners are government folks, government CEOs, government contract specialists, 40% are small businesses, people who work in small businesses, and then 29% are people who work in large businesses. So in the early days, we thought this is only going to be contracts people. Well, it turns out – in fact, I thought it would only be contracts people in small businesses. turns out it's government folks, it's small and large, and across industries, service contractors, manufacturers, R&D companies – business development people, proposal managers, they're all
0: in there. Across job types, that was the most interesting thing to me, and that's why I added on the tagline, it's, it's not just for contracting officers because we, we did name it the Contracting Officer Podcast, which sounds pretty limiting, like this is for contracting officers. Turns out there's a lot of people that are interested in learning from that, that contracting officer perspective. The good thing about a podcast is it's really easy to listen to, to consume the content, The tough thing about producing a podcast is it's very hard to learn who's listening and what they like and don't like.
1: And and that's why filling out the survey is really helpful because it showed us in descending order the topics of interest. Most popular was understanding the source selection process. Uh, Also understanding the government customer. What is the government customer thinking? And then the post-award contract management topics, the reason we started adding post-award topics and talking about contract management and then understanding solicitations is another one. Here's a fun one. Negotiations, wide open. <laughs> well, that was one of the topics that people asked about. And then, of course, building proposals was another topic people asked about. We, we joke about having like a couple hundred topics in the queue that we'll get to. Well, that's just in those six things I listed. We actually, I think we're at like 314 that I physically have on a list of <laughs> topics that we'll get to one at a time. You know, for episode 500, we'll have this conversation again. <laughs>
0: Let's take a minute and talk about what we've gone through personally since we started this this podcast journey. In the four years,
1: still managed to get 200 episodes out, right? Still managed to lead my son's baseball league, ran 10 half marathons. Actually, I do push-ups in my office to keep myself sane. I've actually done 45,000 push-ups in that time and even took some vacations. So somehow we fit this all in, including we had a hurricane. (laughs) <laughs> I remember that one right. uh, where we had to evacuate. So it was kind of like, let's go to South Carolina for a week and call it a vacation. So that was our hurricane.
0: We've recorded from hotel rooms. We've recorded from your car. We've recorded from friends' houses.
1: W- wi Fi is an amazing thing to make this work. And then on the professional side, uh, managed there. And again, in the last four years while doing the podcast, I wrote a book, I did a TEDx talk, did a couple dozen training sessions across the country and the skyway team in the background has grown to a dozen former contracting officers who now have been guests on the podcast and you know they have experience in different agencies they're from coast to coast uh, they have some have program backgrounds some have services some have products some have r&d yeah. it it's cool having this diverse team and on the podcast side we managed to connect with 1400 people in the co podcast network group on linkedin and the cool part about that group is it puts faces on all the listeners. Right. And where they work and what they do, and it's just, it's super cool.
0: And this whole time, every week, we still churn out an episode. Churn churn is the bad word. It's a labor of love.
1: Well, And and sometimes the podcast content is created, you know, the night before.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of work involved to prepare for a podcast, but sometimes other things in life, like those other things you're talking about, push that to those last minutes. It's really funny. I can always tell how late the prep session went for you by, by the words in the chart. Sometimes the, uh, the sentences and the thoughts get a little, little mangled.
1: <laughs> if we have to decipher it, it means it was a late one.
0: What was yeah. the, what was the
1: one about the lion? Um, I, it was the spell checker fixed it. I was turn, trying to type something about line. It was about funding line and it somehow picked up funding lion. And so you're reading it going, <laughs> what's,
0: why is there a what's, lion? What's and a funding yeah. lion? On my side, after 20-plus years in the direct contracting profession, I decided to move out of the direct contracting world and am now managing an operating group in my company, which is a completely different kind of challenge, but still directly in that government acquisition world. I've also become a regular speaker at uh, government agencies and, and forums, which I, I really enjoy a lot. Again, I think it's about putting some some faces to to people, getting to talk to people face-to-face. For those of you who don't know how this podcasting process works, Kevin usually builds the initial content, and then I edit a little bit, take out the lions, then we record it. <laughs> and, and then I do the, the actual editing of the audio and putting it together myself. So while we've done 200 episodes that have created a lot of upfront work for Kevin, then the back end is me putting it together and getting it published.
1: Yeah, and it, it, we're just very lucky that you happen to have a background in music, and you know you, you wrote the theme song <laughs> for the podcast, oh, yeah. so you you understand audio. Because I mean, yeah, if, if if it were up to me to make these things come out sounding okay, they wouldn't sound okay. What makes this work really well is when you're not playing guitar and you're not sneaking into gigs here and there, because <laughs> your other passion is is you know, music. When you're not doing that, you're, you're making the podcast sound good. So it's really great that it it, it worked out from a skill set perspective.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You sneak the music stuff in there. I don't talk a lot about myself. I'm not I'm not a major social media user. It's funny that I enjoy doing the podcast and I enjoy speaking at, at forums and doing the training things because I, I don't like having a lot of my personal self out there.
1: It, and the podcast is like sucking your personality out of you to, to, to share it with the world, Sucking right? it out.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I know you love the bloopers that show up at the end of Episodes, and I I started doing that. I don't know if even you know this, Kevin. That I believe that the the movie Cannonball Run sort of pioneered the movie blooper thing. So if you if you're as old as as we are, you remember the Cannonball Run movies, and they had hilarious bloopers at the end. And then Jackie Chan copied that. If you like Jackie Chan movies, which I used to love, he has lots of bloopers that show himself getting hurt and everything, doing the stunts. That's pretty common in movies now, but it wasn't common way back when, but I, I love that kind of thing. I love when things go hilariously wrong and when they go wrong in the the right way, I tag them on to the end of the episode sometimes. So if you haven't listened beyond the music and there's still time left, it's probably because there is a blooper or two buried in there. At some point in every podcast, we always try to focus on, on why we think what we're talking about is important just to make sure people, <laughs> people are following our random strain of thought sometimes. It's all about context, and we actually had people joke at one of the conferences we were speaking at together that they they use they play buzzword bingo and they they sit sit around and and check off when people say certain words and we we challenge them with us and of, of course the the word that we overused the most that drove them crazy was context and somebody <laughs> even counted how many times we said it during the the presentation. I forgot about that. That was funny. <laughs> One of our goals has always been to increase that context across the market because in order to apply judgment, you need to understand the context behind it. Things are rarely black and white.
1: And there's so many places in the FAR that require, ask for, allow judgment, right? And it feels like the policies and regulations are kind of driving, I think uh, Elliot Branch called it a criminalization of judgment. It drives people to be overly conservative. The concept of the podcast is if they had context and they could apply judgment based on the context of the whole situation, they're not going to be as afraid to use their own judgment because they know they can defend it. Because when you have more context, that, that improves communication because you understand what's going on. Things get better. And that communication leads to even better context. And it's a spiral upward. It's a crescendo of of effectiveness, we'll call right. it. The other extreme, which is what we're trying to avoid and what we're trying to not have happen in the market, is if I have less context, then I'm afraid. I don't know what's going on. I have a conspiracy theory I'm untrusting. So because of that, I'm going to communicate less. And the less I communicate, the less context my counterpart has. And the less context they have, the less they trust me. And it's a downward spiral. It's the other problem where we do less and less, and we end up being less and less effective.
0: And that's sort of how we came up with the tagline that you've probably heard way too many times if you listen to more than five podcasts. We realized early on that the policies and regulations are always going to be there. But it's not about policies and regulations, it's about what you can do. And we summed it up by saying making government contracts better one contract at a time. How do you still get the job done and make it easier on everyone? despite policies and regulations. We'll let other people worry about that. Let's get our jobs done with what we can control.
1: Yeah, we we need to control the controllables,
0: as they say. Let's go back to what we've learned along the way. Well, first we learned how to how to do a podcast. We, we learned how to conquer audio and connectivity issues. If you listen to early episodes, you can hear how much we struggled with with the environment and background noises. But Skype has never been our friend.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, Skype, Skype has been a, a mixed blessing.
0: <laughs> right. Without it, we couldn't do this. But man, I wish there was a tool that made it easier to do this. Every time Skype updates it, they ruin one of the features that we depend upon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, they, or they move it to some random place and it takes us an extra half hour
0: to right. figure out how to right. make it sound right. Oh no, it updated. What are we going to struggle through today? We also had to learn how to build tighter content. It's easy to talk and talk and talk and talk. But then you end up with a 45-minute podcast. And the sweet spot for a podcast is much closer to 20 minutes or so. The, the average person's commute, lots of people use podcasts. When they are driving to or from work, 45 minutes is way too long.
1: And we confirm that from talking to podcast listeners that say, any more than a half hour, it's too much. And we realize just how difficult it is to take a big concept and cram it into 30 minutes, or to take a small concept and keep it from exploding into 30 minutes or more.
0: I'm always amazed when our topic is one paragraph of the far, and we have trouble getting it under 30 minutes, just peeling apart the four sentences in one paragraph. We've also tried with varying degrees of success to conquer verbal crutches, the ands and the so's and the ums along the way. I think we've gotten a little better at that. But my editing skills at making those disappear have definitely gotten better.
1: <laughs> yeah, the podcast taught me how I have these crutch words that I use a lot or I'll pick like unpack was the words I always I was using. You got sick of hearing me say unpack. You're like, OK,
0: find a different word. <laughs> no more and unpacking.
1: I, yeah, we We're get keeping little, it packed. <laughs> we get them these little patterns and stick with them. And so it, it's when you hear yourself recorded, you go, oh, man, I'm using that word too much.
0: Yeah. And when you edit other people, you think, wow, they're using that word too much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wonder when the listener says, man, will he stop using that word?
0: (laughs) I also had to learn to loosen up a bit. If you listen to the early podcasts, it's really kind of like me interviewing you. I would, I would say a couple words and ask a question and then you would talk and talk and talk and talk. And over the last four years, I think it's shifted to to about half and half of us talking. Although sometimes I dominate now. So it's been a change in, in how the content flows out with a, a little more of me actually sharing experiences.
1: That skill of loosen up and say, okay, what what's the best way to help the, the the listener understand this concept and apply what we learned from doing it, right or wrong?
0: We also found out that our experiences are very similar to what many others in the government acquisition world have experienced. And like I said before, there was no easy forum to to shortcut that experience sharing. The podcast is a great way especially when we bring on guests to expand it even more, to share more experiences and shortcut that learning. I was also surprised that there's not as many haters as we expected. I I was scared at first that every time we did a podcast, I'd get hate mail over and over again saying nitpicking that we we got one little thing wrong or we said something wrong or that's not the way it works in my office. And we've had a few of those along the way, including someone that hated the theme song, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yep, But but not as many as I expected. Most of, of it has been, I'd say, constructive criticism and feedback supporting us, but saying you may have left out this point of view, which we tried to rectify as we continue to release episodes.
1: We also realized that because these concepts can be so complicated, sometimes we leave out context. So we can be guilty of only telling like 75% one way and 25% the other way. Or not unpacking. Unpacking, there it was again. <laughs> not <laughs> explaining the, the whole story, like, like with the eighty twenty rule. The first time we did that in episode, I don't know two, I guess it was. It sounds really linear, but over time we realized, okay, we need to continue to evolve the concept and realize that, that people need to understand. Sometimes it's eighty percent relationship, twenty percent process. Sometimes it's twenty percent relationship, eighty percent process. There, there's different ways for it to go depending on the circumstances, complexity. You know, again, the one contract at a time. It's how does it apply to your
0: situation? Right. It's funny that, that we we did not provide enough context in that original eighty twenty episode. We were trying to say that all the relationships in the world don't matter if you don't understand the process. We weren't trying to say that you don't need relationships to succeed in government contracting, but it took us – 150 or so episodes after that to circle back and tell the other side of the story to help people understand that the amount of process and the amount of relationship scales with the size and complexity of the acquisition. So on things that are under the simplified acquisition threshold, it may be 99% process. On multi-billion dollar acquisitions, there's a heck of a lot of relationship in there. Let's talk about how the podcast actually changed your business model.
1: Yeah, Originally, we were just a consulting firm, and the podcast evolved how we support our customers. We discovered the most successful customers. Our customers were using the combination of the podcast as well as the consulting support and our Skyway community content because we realized that the community members were using their relationship with us as customers to have a conversation beyond the podcast. In fact, they even schedule time with us through our, we have a a scheduling system on our website where they can schedule time to finish the conversation with us. I didn't realize how closely connected or even overlapping the podcast would be with our consulting.
0: So instead of being just a free resource for listeners, it's actually become more of an extension of the Skyway team. And so the customers, they, they know the team better because they hear them on the podcast and that makes their, their experience with, with your company even better.
1: It's like a one plus one equals three kind of thing, because the, to have Vicki or Shelly or Steve or Tim on the podcast and have them share their experience and, and help people understand the context from what they did in the government market, that's valuable. In addition to that, then when they post something in the Ask a Contracting Officer forum, or they have us help them with, with some project or write a proposal or whatever, they already know these team members. They already know who Christy is. They already know who Shelly is. They, already, they already, already listened to Steve's stories when he worked for the Navy, and that way they've built a relationship. I didn't see the relationships built with our customers through the podcast. I didn't see that coming.
0: Another thing we didn't see coming is that the podcast has, has become an informal training resource for government and industry folks, and that was really a surprise to me. I thought we could share some context back and forth and help people get a little better. But listeners have told us that they've, they've used the podcast to help prepare for their contracting officer warrant board, you know, the, the test you pass to, to become a contracting officer. And one listener even told me that the podcast is included in the list of resources that they hand potential contracting officers when they begin the, the preparation for the warrant board. There's all these resources, study this, study this, study this, and it also says, listen to the contracting officer podcast. That is incredibly humbling to be a part of that. Not what we expected.
1: And the feedback I get from during the podcast feedback sessions that I have with listeners, it helps me understand what they value. Stories and interviews, they also humanize a a word that a couple of the listeners used. It humanizes the contractors for the government folks, and it humanizes the the government folks for the contractors. Like these are real people. Like contracts are signed by people, not robots, right? Right. They're not evil
0: trying to make your life worse. They're people just like you. Yeah, they're just trying to get the work done. We try to keep it unbiased. And share each side's struggles with issues that come up. Other listeners have used the podcast episodes to get uh, continuous learning points, which helps maintain certifications.
1: And I learned from these feedback sessions that people value having the content at the ground level. Like you mentioned, there's four sentences out of the far, and we, and we, still, we still walk through 20 minutes of content and examples of how that applies. That's what ground level looks like.
0: And like I said before... A consistent theme of the feedback is is keeping it balanced. There's a lot of forms where people share blame for, for what the other side is doing to them. And from the very, very beginning, we've worked hard to try, not always successfully, but to try to represent both sides equally. A great example is an early episode, what the why RFPs take so long. There are a lot of struggles on the government side that contractors may not understand and contractors also bring some of those complications into it and make it take longer by some of their actions. Okay, before we wrap this up. Where are we heading with this podcast? What what's our future, Kevin?
1: Well, the future is keep going. Is to keep <laughs> doing the podcast once a week. There there's a you know like I said, over 300 topics.
0: Over 300 things that we plan to talk about and keep we keep adding to that list on a on a daily basis. Yeah. It's been a few years now, and we have the exact same website and, and a lot of the other exact sames. At some point before long, we're going to update the website to make it easier to search and, and to kind of bucket the topics. When there are only 50 podcasts, it's one thing. With 200 podcasts, it can be hard to find things on the website. We'll work to put things together like like proposal topics or post word topics. Maybe bucket them by the time zone so that it's easier if you're in a certain zone and you want... To, to learn all of the things the podcast has shared about the RFP zone. Be nice to have all those together rather than searching through the whole site.
1: And we're increasing our focus on providing training on government contracts to both government and industry. A lot of extensions to the podcast that turned into training.
0: We've done quite a few training sessions kind of across the country, the, the, the Contracting Officer podcast one-day session where we walk through the acquisition and execution time zones, as well as negotiation topics. We'll be doing more of that in the future, and we'll keep you updated on our progress here.
1: And we're also going to keep expanding the the interlock between the community and the podcast. The community is the next step. Be- being a Skyway community member is the next step from the context and the support on the podcast. I mean, it's the next level of context.
0: The podcast just skims that top level of a topic. The community allows people to get that next level deeper.
1: To really help make government contracting better, I'd like to see the Skyway community help as many people
0: as the podcast does. And that helps with that that spiral up. More context, more communication, everything gets better.
1: Yeah, and if you want to learn more about the Skyway community, go to skywaymember.com or just contact me on LinkedIn and we'll talk about you know, how it can help you.
0: All right, let's wrap this up with a little gratitude or a lot of gratitude. <laughs>
1: Well, if, I want to say thanks to you for being a part of this journey because I mean, remember the we, we had a rule. We said, okay, the first fifty, we're <laughs> going to do fifty episodes, and if nobody's listening, then this is a bad idea, <laughs> right? And, and I, I was, I was kind of fifty-fifty whether or not it was actually going to work. And you know, it's kind of cool looking back two hundred episodes ago and seeing how far it's come. Uh, and thanks to all those who share our feedback on the podcast because it's amazing how many, how many things we would have never figured out we were doing. I want to say badly, but not as well as we could, right. if not for people telling us. I mean, there's no blueprint for how to do a CEO podcast. <laughs> the best way for us to keep getting better was all those people that took the time to get on the phone with me and let me ask them questions and follow ups and, and really dig into what's working. You know, why did you why do you keep listening? You know, that kind of thing. It's great. And, and, and finally, to those folks who just like and share the content, we've tried several different ways to market the content. But the best way, the most effective way is just word of mouth. When yeah. you like and share the content on LinkedIn, people who really are really going to use the content and get real value and apply the knowledge from it, the, it's a small group. And they're really hard to find through you know, Google ads and stuff like that. So the best way to find them is just for people to tell their friends. Yeah. So turns out you,
0: the way podcasts grow is word of mouth.
1: Yeah, organically. So thanks for doing that.
0: I'll return your thanks by saying thanks for pushing me out of my comfort zone and, and loosening me up a little bit. I wasn't really sold on the idea of doing a podcast and putting what I think out there, but I've, I've gotten a little more used to it over time. I think I'm a lot more comfortable now. We should thank manager tools for providing some inspiration and for paving the way on, on the sort of the format we used, I think came from there. The way that manager tools works, by the way, if you are a, a manager or aspire to be a manager, there's a podcast called manager tools that has a ton of helpful information to get you through your job as a manager.
1: And and what's so great about management tools that, that we that we stole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is is the laser focused topic. I mean, they are down at the at I mean at the paper level, not the contract, they're down like one sheet of paper level. And we realized how useful that was. And that's kind of that that's one of the things that we've borrowed from them. So yeah, they, they kind of invented that that micro niche strategy and it works really
0: well. Yeah. If not invented, they've, they perfected it. There you go. Perfected. We should also say thanks to our, our families, uh, our wives and, and your kids for putting up with this never ending podcast schedule, recording on vacations in, in the back of cars, uh, weekends, nights, whatever it is.
1: No, no watching cartoons on Saturday morning. We're recording this Saturday. Yeah. That's actually happened a couple times.
0: And last thank you to all the listeners for feedback encouragement, and for for joining us in trying to make government contracting better one contract at a time. How's that for summing it up?
1: There you go. And speaking of joining us, another way to connect with us is to join the Contracting Officer Podcast Network group on LinkedIn.
0: Okay, Kevin, that's it for this one, which is definitely longer than our goal of 20 minutes.
1: One out of every 200 episodes, we can go
0: over 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You can't win them all. I'll talk to you later. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us for 200 episodes, and we'll see you next week. (laughs)